So there is an absolutely, all caps, huge mistake that sales reps make when it comes to prospecting. And I'm here to tell you that this mistake is so bad that it absolutely wrecks your prospecting efforts going forward. In this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, we're going to talk about all about what this particular mistake is, but more importantly, what you can do about it. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 70,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready, because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our brand spanking new Prospecting Bundle. And uh, I'm going to be talking all about it at the end of the podcast. But one of the reasons why I'm super excited about this is because within this bundle, there are over 50 templates for cold email, cold calls, for LinkedIn. There's also 25 chat GPT prospecting prompts and there's eight pre-recorded prospecting modules so if you'd like to learn more about it now feel free to go to yoursalesplaybook.com slash bundle otherwise going to talk all about it at the end of the podcast I think it's time for us to get right down to business that's how we do it here and I want to talk about this mistake and I'm not being dramatic when I say that this mistake I think it's really it's got to be the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to their prospecting efforts. I don't care where you're doing this prospecting, by the way. I don't care if you know, you're know you all about the phone, you're all about LinkedIn, you're all about cold email, combination of all of the above, whatever it is. I truly believe this might be the biggest mistake. So now... I want to give you three scenarios to kind of set this up. And before I even get to the point where I reveal this, which I'm not just yet, we need to make a pinky little promise here that when you hear what the mistake is, that you don't dismiss it because it's like, oh, duh, right? Because you know those, and and I've been saying this forever, you know those moments when you're like, yeah, duh, like everybody knows that. That is also a very big mistake that gets in the way of your development. Sometimes when we're so busy as calling something out as basic and sales 101 and basic blocking and tackling, we, we, we forget to look at a bigger picture. And the bigger picture is, yeah, am I actually doing that or am I being a dick here and trying to call something out as basic? Because it's very easy to call something out as basic and sales 101 it's a lot harder to actually be doing it so that's going to be our agreement today otherwise if you don't want to agree uh i would shut this off right now and and run like hell so i want to propose three scenarios to you to get this set up i want you to imagine someone 
showing up out of nowhere to have a relationship with you. I don't care. And you can you can label this any kind of relationship you want. It could be a friendship if you're, you know, single and, you know, perhaps you want to think about it in a romantic sense. Whatever way you want to define relationship is okay with me. And so that I don't get in trouble with Mrs. Uncle Paul. You know, in my case, you know, somebody out of the blue popping up into my life looking to be my friend. So imagine this person showing up in your life out of nowhere and absolutely blowing up your phone with messages and texts and emails and phone calls to the point where they're really like carpet bombing the shit out of your inboxes. They're blowing up your phone. Would your first reaction, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that your first reaction would be, you know, one, you would become kind of suspicious, like, wow, this, like, 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 who the fuck is this person? And, and like, what's their deal? I mean, do they have an agenda? What, what's going on? You would, you would be rather suspect. Don't you agree? So that's the first scenario. Again, somebody coming out of nowhere and just carpet bombing the shit out of your inboxes and blowing up your phone. Scenario number two. Again, somebody comes out of nowhere and, again, looking to have a relationship with you. And, again, they're carpet bombing. And, by the way, I just realized when, when old fuckers like me use phrases like carpet bombing, all the youngins are like, hey, what is he talking about carpet bombing? You know, look that up if you want. But really, when I mean carpet bombing, it's really an awful type of visual or whatever it is. But it's really a military term. And like a lot of the time, the old footage of like World War Two of bombing where they're just indiscriminately opening up a hatch and letting loose all these bombs and just bombing the shit out of a geographic area. That's uh, kind of my definition of carpet bombing. And you know in this context i'm talking about kind of doing the same thing with trying to contact you and trying to communicate with you where it's just like way too much so scenario number two is imagine that (laughs) you know you have somebody who's doing all of the above right they're just sometimes several times a day hitting you up maybe on linkedin or a text and you know email and a lot of the times two or three touches within one day and you know next day you're getting hit and two days later you're getting hit and again it's an overabundance of messaging now you haven't responded once and then let's say three weeks later you get an email from them and it's your standard breakup email that we have almost in sales except this is your personal life and they're like all right well you know i could see this isn't a match and you're obviously not into me later i mean would would they have any prayer of having a relationship with you i mean you know we kind of skipped a couple of steps here didn't we and and you know we really haven't established a relationship and they went all hot and heavy only to break up with you and cease communications within two to three weeks let me give you the last scenario and then i promise you i'm going to get to the point and then talk about some remedies here imagine again somebody who's looking to have a relationship with you they show up on a monday 
and they try to communicate with you. They disappear for three weeks. Then they show up three times a day for one or two days in a row. They disappear for six days. Then they're back for two days. They disappear for a month. You know, that kind of thing. They're here. They're gone. They're here. They're gone. Would they have any prayer of establishing a relationship with you that way? And as silly as these scenarios are or were, this is how a lot of people prospect. There are some sales reps who, again, come out of nowhere and they just start just slamming this prospect, this potential customer, with sales messaging. And what happens is, in, in many cases, when you do that, when you're just every single day, you start conditioning people to blow off your messages. It really gets away from how you could help them. And it becomes a game of cat and mouse in a way and a game of evasion, right? Second scenario, again, you're, you're coming out of nowhere in prospecting and you know, you're hitting it hot and heavy and blowing up their inbox. And then at the end of, usually I've seen, because I've been on the receiving end of this, standard operating procedure for this type of messaging is like two to three weeks later, it's like you're getting a breakup email. Yeah, I won't bother you anymore. And it's like, like almost like a pissy tone because how dare I not grant them an appointment after them coming out of nowhere and carpet bombing the shit out of my inbox and my phone and LinkedIn and, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then the last scenario, if we put it over to a prospecting context, is, you know, somebody, again, showing up and communicating with me on a Monday, but then disappearing for three weeks and then cold calling me again or cold email me again. And then, you know, maybe for the next few days, they hit me up a few times. But even what I'm seeing with prospecting, there's a lot of quote unquote thought leaders preaching, not every day that you do it this way, but, you know, several days in your sequence where you're hitting people up on three different channels, three different times. That is beyond excessive, just so you know. That's needy, that is desperate, and quite frankly, it's fucked up. It just really is just a crazy way of doing it. So what do all of these scenarios equate to in prospecting? And to me, this leads, they're all examples of the biggest, most devastating Mistake that I believe that you could make when it comes to prospecting. And it's simply inconsistent prospecting. You're being incredibly inconsistent. You know, you're here, you're gone, you're back again, you disappear for a month, month and a half. And that's a problem. And it's a problem on many levels. And I think, you know, I'll just give you two because I'm hoping that you know, you're realizing that a Captain Obvious cape is on here and you know what the problem is, but I'm just going to kind of address the elephant in the room, if you will, in this case, too. Number one, it's bad because with inconsistent prospecting, people cannot get to the proper comfort level with you. You do not 
You are not going to establish my favorite word in the whole world, by the way, which is propinquity. And that simply means that you're not going to, when we talk about propinquity, establish a nearness and closeness and kinship and kind of a bond and a rapport, if you will. And it's just never going to happen. And we need that propinquity in order to have, to really start that relationship and and grow in that relationship. And then the other thing, when you are involved in inconsistent prospecting, is your prospecting muscles really don't develop properly. It's like, you know, all you gym rats out there, if you're not working a muscle, right, it's not going to be strong. It's going to be weak. So you have to consistently work that muscle in order to build strength. Same thing with prospecting. If you want to build your phone chops, you have to do it on a regular basis. You want to build your email chops, got to do it on a regular basis. And it should be a part of things. Now, my whole lesson today, if you will, is not around, you know, lecturing you on the fact you guys are fucking up and you're making this mistake. Well, I mean, yeah, that's part of it. That's what I do. But I really want to talk to you about what we can do about it. And before we get into that, I just want you to know that I understand completely why this happens. I don't know that any of you on your list of things to do today, you know, item number one says prospect inconsistently. The reason, a big part of the reason why this is happening is because you're busy and you have things going on and you have fires being put out. And I'm going to tell you that one of the most dangerous places to be as a sales professional is stuck in a reactionary mode. And that's what happens to a lot of us. And I'll explain why I think it's dangerous in a minute. But what happens is, instead of being proactive and going out there and making opportunity, making things happen, growing things, and, you know, again, doing what we do best, we are simply in a reactionary mode and responding to things and putting out fires and getting caught up in administrative tasks and things like that. And I'm also here from to tell you from a psychological perspective, that's not a great psychological place to be for us because many of us went into sales, whether it be consciously or subconsciously, is because we like being in control of our destiny, not having to let the river and the rapids take us to where it's going to go. We want the ability to steer the ship somewhat. So, you know, it's kind of bad from that perspective. But let's talk about what you can do about this to prospect more consistently. And by the way, first of all, before I start getting into the real you know things for you to do, you have to buy into this concept. This cannot be, yeah, it'd be a nice to have, or yeah, he's kind of making sense. Like you have to be like pounding the fucking table right now saying, I must get on that phone. I must get on that email because this right here, what Paul is talking about is my bread and butter, especially if you were in solely a hunting mode, right? I mean, that's what you're getting paid for, to hunt. And if you really want to have an amazing 2024, 
This is one of the key drivers right here. Your ability to not get caught up in administrative and reactionary tasks and being more proactive in getting out there. So the first thing that you can do to prospect more consistently, and again, you're not allowed to say duh, is to, and you got to hear me out on this, get this shit on your calendar. Treat it like you would any other appointment and don't you dare break that appointment with yourself i've been talking about this one as long as i've had the podcast which by the way we're going to be heading into our 14th year of the sales playbook podcast soon started back in 2010 want to talk about consistent right but um the deal is this when you have an appointment with a potential customer or one of your existing customers now, let's just say it's on, doesn't matter, 2 o'clock on Thursday. Just for shits and giggles, do you blow off that appointment? Shits and giggles, do you blow it off? No, of course you wouldn't. Do you just, you know, something else came up. What the hell, I'll just break it. Unless there is a true emergency, you're not going to break that appointment. And when I ask sales reps, kind of in a, you know, sarcastic way, why wouldn't, you, why wouldn't you break that appointment? And I get all kinds of reasons. And the one that I listen for intentionally is the one when people say, well, that's disrespectful. Of course it's disrespectful to just blow off a fucking appointment with you know a potential client or a client, even, even a coworker. Just for now, I'm just going to blow it off. Right? Something else came up. I had a thing. So if you would not, if you wouldn't break an appointment with all these other people why are we so eager to break an appointment with ourselves so to me once i put an appointment with myself to prospect short of the headquarters of castane training systems burning down i am not going to allow anything to get in the way of that appointment now in an ideal world, there would be nothing that could get in the way of that appointment. But we all know life happens and something, you know, a left hook, a curveball, something can happen. But if I have to break an appointment with myself, and I am telling you, it's one of these things where it's like, yeah, pry my dead fucking cold fingers off of that appointment with myself and you can take it from me? Seriously, I've gotten to the point that I know nobody else is going to protect that appointment. I protect it. I really don't allow other things to take it from me. But if something gets through my defenses and I just have no other choice but to skip that appointment with myself to prospect, then guess what I do? You ready for this? This is why I make the big bucks. I'm a grown-up about it. And you know what grown-ups do? When grown-ups can't do the very thing that they committed to, they get it back on the calendar another day. They reschedule. They go, oh, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. No, dickhead, it wasn't meant to be today. You know, it doesn't let you off the hook. And that shit adds up, by the way. Blow it off today, eh, whatever, right? What's one day? You're right. You're right. What's one day? Although I'm superstitious, because that could be the day that, you know, that appointment that I set that ends up changing my life or, you know, turns out to be that big account or whatever, refers somebody else. So I'm kind of superstitious like that because I've been around longer than a lot of you guys and I've seen that shit play out. But, uh, you know, but for the most part, it's innocent. I missed one today. Who gives a shit? 
Then what happens is, because I'm also superstitious of this, once you do it once and you start telling telling yourself it's okay to break appointments with yourself. It's okay to break commitments that you have with yourself. Now, Wednesday rolls around. Hey, you know what? Eh, fuck it. I'm only going to do a little bit of this today. Not much. Uh, you know, I don't feel like doing it anyway. I had a good week. And then all of a sudden, you add that up. And how much that comes out to at the end of the year. If you track that, it would absolutely depress you at the end of the year. If, if you're inclined to blow things off, how much you actually blew off the accumulation of all of that over the course of a year and if you really want to have to get talked down off a ledge you know try to think about how many times you've done that over the last three to five years and now you're really getting into some substantial shit so number one you get it on the calendar and you keep that appointment with yourself no matter what number two you got to get your prospecting in the bank early each day right and now when i say each day ideally it would be every day you're doing a little bit of prospecting and the reason why that would be a good thing for you if you did a little bit every single day is because number one you're going to be consistent i'm not saying that you hit people up every day but you're allowing time to be consistent with all the people you have to be consistent with but in addition What's happening is because you're doing it every day, you're working the muscle groups and you're building strength and certainly a lot more than if you prospect today for a little while and then you don't do it again for three weeks and then another two weeks goes by. And this, by the way, is the trajectory. This is how it plays out most of the time. It's a little bit here, then a bunch of fires. I was busy, Paul, and we had the holiday and we had this and it was Groundhog Day and it was raining get whether you do the prospecting every single day or you know you consider what i'm saying as the day that you would have scheduled for prospecting so if you're on every day type of guy or gal then let's just say you're like okay i'm going to be prospecting monday wednesday friday or tuesday thursday or wednesday whatever whatever that day or days is or are then what you do is get that prospecting in early. Don't have that shit scheduled for like 2.30 in the afternoon or whatever. Too many fires could pop up. So you want to get this stuff done early before the fires. And even too, you know, you look at your energy level. And for a lot of us, we have a higher degree of energy at the earlier part of the day as opposed to you know two thirty, three o'clock when we've already been up since 5 30 or 6 or whatever so you know one of the things i'll just give you one example there's a lot of other examples i could give but what a lot of sales reps do is they'll do something called 10 before 10 and what that is is that and it could be every single day again it could be on you know monday wednesday friday or whatever but i think this would be a good formula for every day and what 10 before 10 is that you're going to get 10 calls in to 10 potential clients before 10 a.m every single you know monday through friday every single work day if you will and that is a rather sneaky formula in that it just sounds like 10 calls and that's what's pretty cool about it. it's only 10 calls and i'm not saying that this is the only thing you should be doing i'm saying consider this a minimum that no matter what monday through friday or monday wednesday and friday i am going to do what castane says and i'm going to do that 10 before 10 
if you just consider that a minimum and do additional things, you're going to be off to like great places, as the late, great Dr. Seuss once said. But this is sneaky in and of itself, in that if you do 10 before 10, Monday through Friday, if you add that up, I think it's like 2,500, 2,500 additional attempts each and every year. Let me explain something to you about when you make 2,500 attempts at something, especially prospecting. Something has to come from that. Seriously, something has to come from that. The only way something wouldn't come from that if every one of those attempts was you telling them to go fuck themselves. Seriously, that, and even then, I think maybe there's some freak out there that might get turned on by that, and you might get that business. I cannot imagine making 2,500 attempts and not getting something from that. That is a fuck ton of no's that, you know, you would have to get for not to pan into something. We know, statistically speaking, that... You know, so many no's get you to a yes, right? And, you know, so many times picking up the phone and sending emails. It's a law of numbers and statistics. So that, my friends, is the second thing. Get it in the bank early each and every day. The third thing is absolutely critical. And this one, I think, is where this whole thing goes off track. And when this whole thing goes off the rails and it's it's just not good, is, you know, we have good intentions. We have good intentions to do that prospecting and it's on the calendar. And imagine this, you get the gold star because you have that appointment to do that prospecting at whatever time. And like clockwork, you're sticking to the plan. You're having that discipline thing going on. But where it derails big time is a lot of people during their prospecting time allow interruptions to happen. They allow the interruptions. Yes, in life, there are certain things that we cannot control. But you can't sit here and tell me, as if we're sitting down having a beer together, that all the interruptions you have when you're trying to make calls are necessary and unavoidable. Let me throw something at you here. When you are making outbound calls, do not take an inbound call unless you know that, well, listen, you know, I've got a call coming in and, you know, I'm supposed to hear today if I have the ABC deal or, you know, in my case, many times I'll be prospecting the day before I'm getting on a plane to go and travel somewhere and, you know, they could be calling me with something important about that training and I yeah, maybe I would need to know that in a timely manner. So I'm not talking about that. But for the most part, I'm not taking any kind of uh, inbound calls when I'm making outbound calls. I do not check text messages during that time. Now, just a quick thing. What I generally do with my cell phone. Now, my kids are older now. My oldest is going to be turning 30 this month. So I no longer have them in school and I got to watch for those things and all that. But still, I have family and emergencies can and do pop up. And what I do is I have my phone, my cell phone set on a do not disturb setting. 
And a lot of the time with the do not disturb setting, if um, you could set it up different ways, but if you call that phone two times in a row, like let's just say you're a family member and you immediately go into voicemail, but you know, all right, that's, you know, I'm probably on, got the do not disturb thing. And I really need to talk to Paul to tell him, you know, this plan changed or whatever. Call back immediately. The call goes through. I know it's a family member. You know, plus a little thing called caller ID tells me that. No pop-ups whatsoever. They're distracting as hell when I'm trying to make outbound calls or do. And when I say outbound, I mean, you know, I'm doing emails. I'm doing phone calls. I'm on LinkedIn. No checking of emails when I am doing outbound emails, when I am making calls, when I am over on LinkedIn doing prospecting over there. There are also... There's no talking to coworkers if you work in an office. That's a huge distraction. Let me just explain something to you. And I wish, well, I don't really wish that I could say this, but it's something I discovered on my own. That I found that subconsciously, I wanted interruptions when I was prospecting. Kind of fucked up what I just said there. Here's a sales trainer saying that you know he wanted distractions i really did subconsciously i wanted them i wanted to you know be able to fuck around on linkedin instead of making a call i wanted to talk to a coworker instead of making a call call i wanted to do an email instead of doing a call call i wanted to work on administrative things instead of making a call call you want to know why because it's safer and there's no rejection and people aren't getting dicky with me when I'm doing those things. It's a lot safer. So my brain and my ego just steer me away from the things that are painful. And that's what happens in life, man. We avoid the painful things, the things that give us discomfort, like cold calling. So we welcome opportunities to take us away from that. So the other thing too, if you have things like Slack, don't go check in Slack when you're making your outbound calls. You know, one of the things that you might want to consider doing if you're part of a sales team and any sales managers that might be listening to this, you th- there's a concept called power hour. And a lot of people think with a power hour that it has to be done when you're all physically in the same place. Power hours, the magic of them can work brilliantly when you have a remote sales force. The concept of power hour or hours, plural, is that you establish certain times when everybody is on the phone. And, you know, and yeah, if you work in remote, it, there's an honor system involved and stuff. And it's not meant to be controlling or to micromanage or anything else. It's really, if you have established times when people are to be on the phones, then you could also have established times when people are not to be disturbed with questions or trivial shit. So if we know from 9 to 10 a.m. every day, every other day or whatever, we've got a power hour, right? One of our power hours. Then, you know, it would be completely fucked up then for me to pick up the phone and want to talk to my coworker about advice about something or piss and moan about, you know, the new comp structure or something like that. No, we're supposed to be on the fucking phone. So that's one of the things and that you can put in place that idea of the power hour the other thing that you can do if you're you know in kind of a 
a setting, you know, in an office setting and not working remotely. And you have people that like to come over and chit chat um, and just kind of, you know, they, they inadvertently take you away from the task at hand. I like to kind of, you know, especially if somebody's doing it repeatedly, I don't address it full on at the time of the interruptions. And the reason why is I found when you try to create uh, um, kind of, you know, fix a behavior, right? Correct the behavior, if you will, at the moment the behavior is occurring. People are rather attached to that behavior and they could display behavior that experts refer to as dicky. They could get dicky with you if you try to correct them during it because, you know, they're they're attached to the behavior, right? They get like moody and, and butthurt that you do it. So what I like to do is I call it a proactive discussion where I go over to somebody, you know, before it happens again or before it even happens and say, hey, just so you know, between these hours every day, every other day, Monday through Wednesday, whatever it is, I'm going to be on the phone. And I just want to let you know, I promised myself this year I was really going to make it happen and get out there and, you know, step up my game a little bit. So if I could just ask you between those hours, you know, I'd love to talk with you and, you know, you and I grab lunch or, you know, we can get to the office early and have a coffee or whatever together. But during that time, that's that's my money time. So please don't ever be offended if I have to stick to my plan, you know, and if it's okay with you, if it happens, I'm just going to remind you, hey, remember we talked about this and that's what I do with people. And beyond that, you know, I'm going to be nice so long and then they get uh, an emphatic fuck off because I'm only going to be nice about it for so long. And unless they're willing to pay my mortgage, well, guess what? They get a fuck off. So, um, and if you get in trouble with HR, you did not hear me say that. So, the last thing that will help you with um, consistent prospecting, and it's going to lead right into what I told you we were going to talk about at the end of the podcast. It's important that you always have fresh ideas when it comes to your prospecting. I don't mean every other minute. I don't mean every other day. But you have to have things that you're doing with prospecting that excite you. And that it's not same old thing, different day. I can't tell you how many times in my career, earlier part of it, I found myself saying the same shit. And I didn't even realize it until back then when I was taping, you know, recording my end of the conversation, kind of like game tape. And I'm like, well, first of all, you know, like, you know, analyzing my performance, I was like, I would not buy from this motherfucker. I mean, I just sounded terrible. I did everything, but tell him, hey, do me a favor. Um, You know, go screw yourself. Let me just, uh, you know, make it a little easier for you to hang up. I mean, short of that, that's how shitty my calls were. There was really just no energy. And I find that when you make a lot of calls in a row, especially, you can become, you can sound very scripted and robotical, and that's no good. But when you're doing the same old thing, day in and day out. There's nothing exciting about that for you. And once again, when you start getting into tedious tasks, which, you know, sales reps and tedious tasks don't really work well together. They really don't. That's 
That's not, if we wanted to do that and no disrespect, we would have went into like the accounting department of some shit or, you know, engineering or whatever it is. And it's just not something salespeople want to do. So it's very important that you keep your humble student cap on and listen to podcasts like this and the other great ones that are out there and constantly get some new, fresh ideas. When you have new, fresh ideas, well, then, you know, hopefully there's an excitement of wanting to try them out, especially when you realize that one of those ideas might be the thing that gives you a wonderful return on investment, whether that investment is money that you paid to learn that idea or your time investment in reading or listening to something like this so you want to make sure that it isn't just same old shit different day you want to keep that excitement and i really believe this and i want you to just hear me out on this that people on the other end of that phone and email but especially the phone they respond in kind if you sound uptight i believe that it's easy for other people to respond and be uptight if you sound just like you don't have any degree of interest in it and you're going through the motions, you can't expect them to feel the opposite of that and feel excited for you, right? So people respond in kind. And I find as somebody who's been very dedicated to learning and development long before I did it for a living, long before, you know, I even, you know, as a sales manager, train people right? Just as a sales rep, I found that when I kept my excitement level up by constantly getting fresh ideas, it made a very big difference. So there you have it, folks. The biggest mistake in my not so humble opinion is when we are guilty of inconsistent prospecting. We said that there are a few things that you can do to keep that from happening. Number one, get it on the calendar, keep it on the calendar. Don't let just anything come along and and have you break that appointment. If heaven forbid you have to break that appointment, be a grown up about it and reschedule it. We also said get the prospecting in the bank early. One of the ways you could do that is a 10 before 10. Do not allow interruptions. No inbound calls when you're making outbound calls. No texts, no pop-ups, no checking emails. One of the things we said that you can do as a team is establish power hours. That could be a good thing. This way, you know, everybody's on the same page. They know that during certain hours, you are not to reach out to another employee. And that includes your boss. I mean, they're not going to call you, ask for the TPS reports when you're supposed to be on the phone. So that's important. And then we said, make sure that you have fresh ideas. Now, along the lines of a fresh or fresh ideas, I want you to consider something. I've never done anything like this before. So I'm rather excited about it. I put together, for lack of a better phrase, a, I'm calling it a prospecting bundle. There are over 50 templates for things like email, cold call openers, LinkedIn. I even, because I want to bring you guys into the 21st century, I have 25 prospecting chat GPT prompts. And these things are amazing because I have them designed in ways that you can create entire multi-channel prospecting sequences inside of a few minutes. And you could certainly take a lot of the templates that I'm going to be giving you 
and turn that into an infinite amount. So it's going to save you a ton of time. But the other thing I have, there are eight training modules that are going to deal specifically and only with prospecting. Here are the topics. One of the, and you can go in any order. So we have one that's going to be called or is called how to create an effective prospecting plan. We have another one. 20 ways to create opportunities kind of like where do i find opportunities right so there's some fantastic ideas in there we get into this concept i like to call it meticulous pre-call planning how to research properly where to research what you should be looking for because everybody told you well yeah you should do your homework but what kind of homework and how do i use it how do i leverage it how do i do it quickly how do i automate that process because you can automate that process so we get into that we also have a topic of how to avoid and overcome phone objections we have 10 called uh, cold email tactics that will get a decision makers attention we also have a whole thing on LinkedIn how to generate more opportunities via LinkedIn eight tactics you're gonna love this one eight tactics to use when clients aren't returning your calls because you know nobody like ever does that right they always get right back to you yeah fuck that a lot of these people aren't giving you the time of day you're gonna need that module we're also gonna be talking about again I want to get you into the 21st century with your prospecting how to prospect with chat GPT so if you'd like to learn more about this, and I'm hoping you do, you will, and it's not like one of those things, you will thank me for this, right? But you are going to be so fucking pleased with yourself for doing this because it's going to give you fresh ideas. Listen, right now, as of the recording of this, it's January 14th, 2024. Many of you are, are already starting to tap out on the goals that you said for set for this year and that said i'm not saying that in a judgmental way i'm coming at you as a friend you need to have afterburner things that kick in and keep you excited about your sales goals this will do it there is nothing like a bunch of fresh actionable ideas to get you rejuvenated and ready to get back out there and kick ass if you'd like to learn more i want you to visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash bundle all one word, all lowercase letters. YourSalesPlaybook.com slash bundle. With that, I am Paul Castain from YourSalesPlaybook.com. I am wishing you an incredible week ahead. Go get them. The Sales Playbook Podcast is a Castain Training Systems production. Make sure you sign up for my free sales tips by visiting YourSalesPlaybook.com slash subscribe.